Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. First of all, I want to say a big thanks to Brother and Sister Cox for um, allowing me to speak tonight. It's not something that I take lightly for sure. I want to say a big thanks to Sister Melissa for planning all of this because everything that happens here is planned by somebody, right? Um, and it's a lot of work, so I really appreciate everything that everybody has put into this weekend. Um, I want you to say this after me. I am somebody. I want you to say it again louder. All right. So you're not somebody because of who your mama is or who your daddy is or how much money you have or if you're cute or not or if you're athletic or not. You are somebody because the spirit of God is in you and that gives you value, value that you can't ever put a price tag on. So that's what we're gonna talk about tonight is how you have value, every single one of you. You're not just part of a big machine Sometimes it can feel like we're just part of a big warehouse, right? You go to school, you're in this big building, you're just one among the masses. But God says, I see you as an individual. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. But again, it's not because of who we are. It's because of who the Spirit of God is in us. So we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and kind of how He functions in our lives. So when I first heard about the Holy Spirit... My mom was a secretary at a smallish size church, and I would go, well, I heard about the Holy Spirit at church, and she would take me up to the church, and I would play in the nursery, and I would sing to all the animals and the dolls in there, and it was just me and her in the church, and I would preach to them, and I'm sure it was great, and I would give them a Sunday school lesson, and I would pass by the sanctuary, and it didn't have these nice outside walls or windows like this. It was dark. And all there were were like two little panes that would go into the sanctuary. Get in the picture? And there was like a little tiny red light that must have been a fire alarm or something. And I had only heard of the Holy Ghost. And I was sure that that ghost lived in that sanctuary. And it was dark. And I thought, holy or not, I'm not going in there. So I never, ever played in the sanctuary when those lights were out. Because I just thought, ghost, sanctuary, no thank you, right? Um, And it wasn't until I was a little bit older, I was between six and seven years old, we were actually at a different church at that time, and the kids had come in, like we do sometimes here when the adults are up here, ah, whatever, and the kids come in here and they pray with us at the altar, which is extremely important. And I was standing there, my mom, I went up to my mom and I said, I was crying and I said, I feel like bubbles are coming up. And that was the first touch of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I get emotional about it because it's a gift, right? It's a gift that God gives. But do you know that that moment was prophesied about way back in the Old Testament? So if we look back in the book of Ezekiel, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And then it goes on to say, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you'll keep my judgments, which just means you'll keep my laws. You'll do what I ask, right? And then in the book of Joel, we have another prophecy. Now a prophecy, does anybody know what a prophecy is? 
Anybody up here want to take a guess as to what a prophecy is? Yes, what do you think it is? What? A scroll. You know what? Some of them are written on scrolls, so that's an amazing guess. Yes. A message, yes, but it's a message, yes. What? Yes, what's going to happen in the future, right. So if I say, I'm going to buy some chocolate chip cookies and my kids are going to eat them, is that a prophecy? I mean, not really. It's like something that I know because it's happened every time I've bought chocolate chip cookies, but that doesn't really count as a prophecy. So don't be going around calling yourself a prophet because you're saying that your brother's going to hit you if you hit him first, okay? We can't do that. But a prophecy is when God inspires something and then people tell about something that's going to happen in the future. I should have said that in the first place. All right. So then we go, we had Ezekiel, right? Then we have in the book of Joel, it says that God is going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. Then John the Baptist, have you ever heard of John the Baptist? Yes. So John the Baptist, okay, so if you've ever been to a show or a concert, sometimes they'll have like the preview person, you know what I mean? They'll have somebody who's really not the main um, star who comes out and does like a little performance. So I don't want to downgrade John the Baptist, but that's kind of what he was. That's what he said. He actually said that. I'm not dissing him. He actually said that. He said, I'm here to baptize you into repentance but somebody even greater than me is coming, and he will baptize you in the spirit and with fire. So there we have another prophecy or foretelling that the spirit is coming. And then Jesus himself tells his disciples who don't want to hear this. Has Jesus ever told you something you didn't want to hear? Like he says, like maybe you shouldn't hit your sister in the face, right? And you don't want to hear that. Or maybe you should be nice, or maybe you should do this or that. Or as adults, we hear lots of things that we don't want to hear from God, right? When he's kind of telling us what to do sometimes. But he, Jesus said, I'm going away. They didn't want to hear that. But he said, I'm going to send you a comforter or a helper, and it will be, basically he was saying, I'm going to give you my spirit, and that will stay with you. So why am I telling you all of this? Because what you have experienced, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, and what you can experience tonight, if you haven't, it's all still part of that beautiful prophecy. We're still living with that prophecy. That's not something that just happened and it was over with. We're still living that, and you can be a part of that prophecy. So in the book of Acts, this is where we get to the fun part, right? The day of Pentecost came. They were all in the upper room. We all are probably familiar with this. And there was a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. And basically, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to use those terms interchangeably, all right? Since we all know it's not that weird thing in the sanctuary, in a dark sanctuary, okay? Okay. Um, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is something that you can experience. Every single time you speak in tongues, you're just a part of that prophecy. Isn't that amazing? You're a part of that. And that's still going on. And if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that can happen to you tonight. Amen. And what's really cool about that experience is that nobody can ever take that away from you. So when you go to school and people say, oh, God isn't real, the Bible's just made up, blah, 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 whatever. Okay. 
I mean, I don't know about you. I've never had a successful argument with somebody where they say, it's not real. And I say, yes, it is. And they say, no, it's not. Yes, it is. No, that's, that drives me nutty, right? That conversation's not going to go anywhere. You can say whatever, but you can't take my experience away. Because once God has touched you, nobody can take that away from you. Wherever you go in your life, whatever decisions you make, you can get as far away from God as you can ever imagine, but you will never forget the experience that you had with him. So don't ever forget that. Don't ever feel like you have to defend God. God can defend himself. You don't ever have to feel like you have to explain the whole Bible to some little snotty kid at school. You don't have to do that. God can defend himself. God will show himself mighty. That's not on your shoulders. You can just say, this is what I believe. If they really want to know, you can tell them. But don't ever feel like that's on your shoulders to go to school or go to your sports team or whatever, go to work and just explain the whole Bible. That's not, you don't have to do that. You just live your life, let your life be a testimony, and God will prove himself. Amen? Amen. But here's the deal. Sometimes, well, I'll get to that in a second. So I'm going to go back a little bit. So I figured out that the Holy Spirit was not the weird ghost, right? I knew the bubbles happened. I didn't exactly know what the bubbles were, but I felt like there were bubbles, okay? Then I went to this kid's camp. Now, when I was a kid, they shipped us off to kid's camp when we were six years old. I don't know what this nine-year-old thing is here. We were six years old. They put us on a bus. They drove us two hours away to the middle of nowhere in Louisiana and said, have a good time. See you in a week. So I went there when I was six. And then I went back when I was seven. And they had Holy Ghost night. And I was so nervous because I wanted to get filled with the Holy Spirit but I did not want to be up there in front of all those people, and I didn't know what was going to happen, and I need to know what's going to happen. I need to know, like, a detailed list of what's about to occur in my life, right? And God doesn't give us that. So they said, who wants to be filled with the Holy Ghost? And I'm like, ooh, well, I'm just going to wait and, like, let the masses go up first, and then I'll kind of trickle up. So I did. And I remember at one point or another, there were people surrounding me, and everybody was, ah, you know, being loud and all that kind of stuff that we do, which is great. But it wasn't until kind of everybody had left that it was just me and God there. And he filled me with his Holy Spirit. And that's an experience that nobody can take away. And you know, my experience, even though there were probably hundreds, maybe thousands, I don't know, of kids that were filled with the Holy Spirit at that camp over decades, my experience is unique to me. And you will have a unique experience that is only yours because you are somebody. I want you to say, I am somebody. So here's the deal, though. We have an experience when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, right? When we speak in tongues. You may know people that have been filled with the Holy Spirit And then they just go live their life, however. That isn't God's will. It's God's will that everybody's filled with the Holy Spirit. But it's also God's will that we live in the Spirit. Because if I have an experience, I speak in tongues, that's amazing. But if I go out and live my life, however, my life will be a wreck. And I won't have the influence of the spirit in my life. So I had this great experience, 
but I'm not actually allowing God to lead my life at all. So you can have that experience, but if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to really speak into your life and lead your life, it'll be a mess. I promise you, it'll be a mess. There's example after example after example of messy lives. So how do we do that? So the Holy Spirit, first of all, can be a warning system to us. Say a warning system. Okay. So when I was in middle school, you're going to hear all my, all my uh, laundry here, okay? <laughs> so when I was in middle school, I was probably sixth grade, seventh grade, I don't know. I went to a friend's house for a slumber party. Have you ever been to a slumber party? Sleepover? I don't know what you call them. Where you freeze people's underwear and stuff like that? Okay. Yes? No? Okay. Apparently, okay. In the South, that's what we do. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. And then you like put shaving cream on people's faces as they go to sleep? Okay. That part. Okay. Anyway, we'll talk later. I'll give you ideas. Um, so I went to this slumber party. There were just a handful of us that were going. And I show up, and as the afternoon progresses, some guys from the neighborhood come. And this was a, just a girl's slumber party, obviously, by the way. Um, and then the girl's older brother shows up, and then an older cousin shows up, and they start listening to music that is the opposite of anything my mama would have ever let me listen to. And there was some shady stuff going on. And I started to feel uncomfortable. Why would I feel uncomfortable? Because my spirit was saying, this isn't lining up. Because when you have the spirit of God in you, when you get into something like that, your spirit will oppose that. And those two things will fight against each other. And that's what's supposed to happen. And it's supposed to make us uncomfortable. When we're around somebody that's doing something they shouldn't be doing, we get uncomfortable. We should get uncomfortable. And we have to act when we get uncomfortable. Now this, this is going to blow your mind. I didn't have a cell phone. Nobody had a cell phone. I know it's hard to imagine. Nobody owned a cell phone. I don't think cell phones existed. I know it's hard to imagine. They really didn't. There was a time in history when nobody had a cell phone. So I had no way to call my mom. But my friend had a cordless phone, which was kind of cool. Okay. So it wasn't attached to the wall. You know, like you could go into another room with it. They're not getting this. You could go into another room with it, and it was really cool. You know what I mean? Like the white cordless phone that had... Okay, anyway, it was plugged in somewhere, but you could travel in the vicinity of the home with the cordless phone. It was like a really big cell phone, but it wasn't a cell phone. Anyway, so I kept trying to figure out how can I go in the house and get a hold of my mom. So I would go in, I'd be like, yeah, I gotta go to the bathroom. I don't know what they thought was wrong with me because I kept going in the house. And I was like, yeah, I gotta get a drink of water because I kept trying to find a way to get to a phone to call my mom. So I called my parents and all I said was, you gotta, I'm okay, but you gotta come get me. So they came and got me. Um, they made up some really fabulous excuse, and they took me home. And I found out later that there was some shady stuff that I shouldn't have been around that happened after I left with the boys and the girls and all that kind of stuff that I shouldn't have been around. But the Spirit will warn you when you're in a situation that you need to get out of. And it's our responsibility to respond to that. And if you're around an unsafe person, the Spirit will warn you. 
This person is not safe. I need to get away. When you are around people that are trying to get you to do something or be in an environment that you don't belong in, the Spirit will warn you about that. Because why would we take something that is so valuable, right? I want you to say, I am somebody. Why would we take something that is so valuable and put it in the middle of filth? Why would we do that? When I was a kid, I had these Cabbage Patch dolls. I always thought I wanted five kids because I had five Cabbage Patch dolls. And then I found out about children and then was like, never mind. I'll just keep my Cabbage Patch dolls. So I had five Cabbage Patch dolls and I had a whole slew of Barbies. I would have never left them in the mud outside would have never left them surrounded by filth because they were very valuable to me. And that's how you are to God. And God didn't make you to be in the middle of trash and trashy situations. He made us better than that. And you know what? I would love to say that as a kid, that was the one time that happened. It's not. I had something as an adult like that that happened a few years ago. And I was like, this feels familiar. This is kind of deja vu. This feels familiar. I got to leave. I have to get out of here. Because if you start to say, well, I'm just going to stay because I don't want my friends to think I'm stupid. I don't want them to think I'm not cool or whatever. It gets easier to say that. And I've done that before too. And every one of those times when you do that, you regret. Because every time that you don't Listen to the Holy Spirit as he's trying to guide you and protect you from things. You'll regret it. I promise. So say, I am somebody. So the Holy Spirit also gives us boldness. Now, believe it or not, I used to be super shy. I really was. And scared to death of talking to people and all that kind of stuff. And I was going... As I'm telling these stories, I'm thinking, my mom, she must have just prayed a lot. She sent me to Ukraine on a missions trip when I was 14. Camp at six, overseas at 14, I don't know. She's actually very kind of overprotective, so I don't know. Maybe she had an out-of-body experience. I'm not sure, but she sent me overseas to this missions trip. But before I left, I was, I mean, I was nervous and whatever, but this lady in the choir at church back home prayed something over me and said something to the effect of, give her a spirit of boldness. And I was like, okay, she doesn't know me. Okay. Anyway, and I I was trying to agree with that, but kind of thinking like, I'm not your bold person here. And that trip was really life-changing for me. And probably a lot of people that say this about missions trips, it's not so much what you've given to the people that you've done the missions with. It's kind of what God does in your own life. Because he really did kind of break that sort of um, self-conscious, you know, I'm scared to be myself in front of people, whatever, really broke that off of me, which was quite a miracle. But the Holy Spirit will give you boldness to be who you are. There's no replacement for you. You are valuable just the way you are. And the Holy Spirit will give you boldness to be who you are in God because he made you unique. Say, I am somebody. So the Spirit also helps us know right from wrong. So the Bible says, be holy for I am holy. And sometimes we get into situations where maybe we're unsure if something is right or wrong. There's a verse in the Bible that says, I have it written here somewhere, something to the effect of everything is kind of 
okay, not everything. Okay, I'm going to back up. I'm going to paraphrase this in a different way. Lots of things are okay, but not everything is beneficial. So there are lots of things that I can do, but are they really the best? So I could watch that maybe, but is that really a good idea? Maybe I could wear that, but is it really the best choice for me? Maybe I could go there, but is it really the best choice for me? And I found, especially I feel like as an adult, that question comes up a lot, right? And there are things that I used to do that I don't know that I would call them a sin, but now I think, okay, I could do it, but is it the best? Is it the best choice for me? Maybe not. But when you ask God to show you, he will show you those things. Every single time, if you ask him, is this what I'm supposed to do? He will show you. If there are things that are, maybe it's not that specific in the Bible. You know, we have the Ten Commandments, but it doesn't, it doesn't say, like, should you watch the show on Netflix? I mean, Paul doesn't address that in the Bible, right? It'd be really helpful if he did. It'd be super helpful if technology was addressed in the Bible specifically, but it's not. So we're, it's up to us to say, God, I don't know, but I guarantee you that if you ask him, he will tell you yes or no. And if it's no, you really need to listen to that because he'll save you from a lot of stuff if you just ask him first. So sometimes I think we get, kind of get on the edge a little bit and we're like, well, I don't think it's, I mean, it's not that bad. It's not, I mean, kind of like leaning, so I'm not touching the line, but I'm sort of touching the line. It's not that bad. But if you ask God, I promise you, he will answer you. Because he wants to lead us in the best way. Right? Say, I am somebody. Now, there's also the Holy Spirit that will help you with good decisions and best decisions. So what do I mean by that? Should I join this sports team? It's probably not a sin to play a sport, whatever that is. But is it a good idea for me to join that sports team? Is it a good, what school should I go to? What job should I take? What house should I buy? Right? And when we pray, the Holy Spirit will guide us. That's why I don't understand when people don't have a relationship with God. How do they get through their life? I feel like every decision, I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And he just shows us. And sometimes when he doesn't, we just kind of have to sit back and wait a little while. And I don't like to wait. Do anybody like to wait? Nope. No, thank you. I don't like to wait. But sometimes I just have to sit there, keep doing what I'm doing, and wait. I remember when I was in all growing up, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be? Oh boy, I put the pressure on you, sorry. You don't know. He wants to be a preacher, all right? What do you want to be when you grow up? A chef. Ooh, come live with me, yes. You want to be a teacher, what about you? A cop? All right, girl, all right. A singer for Jesus, all right, how about you? A vet? A teacher? A teacher? Pre-med, okay. <laughs> I need a loan if anybody wants to give me a loan. What do you want to be when you grow up? A musician. Ooh, what about you? A teacher. Okay. So I always wanted to be a teacher when I was growing up. And then I got a little bit older and realized how we treated our teachers. 
And I decided I don't want to be a teacher because I would cry every day of my life. And I still feel that way, by the way. I would cry. So I didn't know what I wanted to do, right? And it seems very random, but I was praying and I was asking God, God, I don't know what I want to do. I was sort of like the chosen one in our family to go to college. Nobody had gone to college and they're like, ah, Becky will go. You know, so they're like, you're going either way. And so I, I wanted to go, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. And my parents were renting this house just for a small amount of years. I mean, it was maybe three years. I don't remember. And this older lady lived next door. We didn't really know her. She stops me in the yard. I think it was my summer before my senior year of high school. I still didn't know what I wanted to do. And she says, what are you going to do with your life? And I'm like, mm-hmm. And so I think I must have said I wanted to be a teacher. And, you know, now I'm just floating through life. I don't know what I said. Anyway, and so she says... I know all these ladies that are speech pathologists, speech therapists. I'd never heard of that in my whole life. And so she kind of tells me about the career. She was not a speech pathologist, but she just knew something. No idea why she brought it up. And I said, that sounds kind of cool. Now, I'm going to blow your mind here. There was no Google. Google did not exist. So I couldn't go and Google, what is a speech pathologist? There, that did not exist, right? So I had to like get out an actual book and look it up. I know, it's amazing. It had paper. The book had paper. I know. Anyway, so I had to look it up and figure out what it was. And then I had to look at some colleges that actually offered this as a career path. And then I went and talked to somebody at a college because at that point you had to actually talk to them instead of email them or text them. It's true. You had to actually talk to people face-to-face. It's mind-blowing. I know. Anyway, so I had to do that, and then I didn't know how I was going to go to college, so we prayed about it, and there was no, like, you couldn't find all of the scholarships that were available, so I got a little booklet from the college that had the newspaper kind of paper. You know what I'm talking about? I'm going to talk to this side of the room. You know what I'm talking about, the newspaper kind of paper? Anyway, that had every single... um, scholarship that was available. So my family went through and we circled everything that we thought I could possibly get, you know, like stretching it a little bit on some things. I applied for everything under the sun and ended up getting my college paid for. How does that happen? Because the Holy Spirit will lead The Holy Spirit will tell you and show you what it is that you're supposed to do. So when I tell that story, when I think of that story, I think that's so random that there was an older lady living next door to my parents, la, 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 we didn't even know her. That wasn't random because God set all of that up. And my career has been a huge blessing to my family. I actually like it. Now, I could have gone and been a teacher. I'd probably cry every night, but I could have gone and been a teacher. I'm not saying that would have been a bad choice, but God has a plan for you. And when you pray about it and when you say, God, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what school to go to. I don't know what I should do with my life. I don't know what job to take. I don't know whether I should be friends with this person or not. He will show you when you ask him. I promise you he will show you when you ask him. Say, I am somebody. So he'll help you make decisions in your life. And to me, that's been so valuable Now, I'd love to say that every single time that the Lord has led me to do something, I've done it. That would be a lie. So we're going to skip right on over that. 
But when you ignore that and when you decide, I'm going to dig in my heels and still do it my way, it just doesn't work out. It won't work out. I promise you it won't. It won't work out. It won't be pretty. You'll kind of look back and go, hmm, yep, I saw. You can kind of look back in hindsight and say, yep, I, I see now. I should have done something different. And maybe I even knew at that time. But he will make your path clear. He will do that. And he wants to do that. The Bible says that he's not the author of confusion. He doesn't want us to go around confused and with a messy head. He wants us to be clear on what he wants us to do. And he has a plan for you. So finally, you can be used by God through the Spirit. I came across um, these verses. I've read them before, but it kind of hit me a little different for tonight. So at 1 Corinthians 7, verses 17, it says, But God has distributed to each one, as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk. And then if you fast forward a little bit, 1 Corinthians 17, 24, it says, Brethren, let each one of us remain with God in that state in which he was called. So in these verses... Paul's just telling the church, just be who you are. You are unique. Say, I am somebody. So this morning, I was sitting here in church, right? Brother TJ did an amazing job, right? And he had like his microphone and he had all these props. And I was sitting there like, I don't think I want to mess with that microphone because what if it messes with my hair? And I don't have props because I'm not really a prop person and I'm not really a hyper person. So I'm not going to like, you know, tie people up. I don't know. I was just sitting there thinking, I don't think it's, I'm like, I'm, tonight's not going to be like this. I kind of wanted to just give a disclaimer. It's not going to be like this tonight. But you know what? It doesn't have to be because I'm not Brother TJ. I don't know if we could handle two Brother TJs. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that might be a, we won't. That could have been the title tonight, Two Brother TJs. Anyway, um, the church might explode. Um, but you are unique. And the Bible says that you can come as you are. So that doesn't mean that he won't call you out of your comfort zone every once in a while. Because I think we're all pushed out of our comfort zone from time to time. You don't have to be a hyperactive extrovert to be used of God. If you hate, there's actually a study that was done that they asked, like, what are you most afraid of? And there were people who were more afraid of public speaking than dying. Like, they would rather die, actually die, than to speak in front of people, okay? You don't have to hold a microphone for God to use you. You don't have to sing, even though I would love for you to. You don't have to do that in order for God to use you. You don't have to be some kind of... Um, I don't know, doing flips up here. You don't have to be, you don't have to love kids. I know, I know that hurts your feelings. You don't have to love children in order to be used of God. You don't have to want to work with the elderly. You don't have to even really, I don't guess, like love human interaction a whole lot to be used by God because he will take you as you are and use you. I admire a lot of people. I admire Sister Lear. She's one of the most positive people I've ever met. She's super fun. The first time I met her, I felt like I had already known her forever. Um, I feel like we're related, even though we're not. Um, I think we could be. We could claim each other. Anyway, um, I think she's fabulous. I, there are things about her that I 
I admire and I want to be like her. But I can't be her because she's her and I'm me. Sister Chautu can find people who are in need before I even know that they have a need. You know what I mean? Like she's met the need before I knew they had a need. She's that person. I admire that. But I can't be her. She's her. And that's wonderful. And that's great. But you don't have to mimic anybody because you are somebody just as you are. And the Bible says that he will use you as you are. You don't have to morph into something else. I think growing up in church, we all kind of idolized the pastor growing up. That's how it was when I was a kid. Everybody idolized the pastor, the pastor's family. It was, we all wanted to be like them and dress like them and whatever. But if everybody was Brother Cox, who in the world would, who would he preach to? Right? A bunch of ministers? That doesn't sound like fun. Right? He's like, no, no, thank you. That wouldn't work out. Not everybody needs to be like him. There are things in his life that you can say, I want to be like that. I want to have that kind of prayer life. I want to, maybe it's, maybe you do want to be a speaker. Maybe I want to preach like him or speak like him. But God called you to be you because you are irreplaceable. And God has something very special for you. So you don't have to become a preacher to be used by God. You don't have to become um, the world's greatest musician to be used by God. God will use you as you are. I think of some of the people that have really touched my life, and some of them were ministers, but a lot of them were just church people who just reached out and who said, I, you know, I want to be your friend or whatever. Just people who prayed for me, people who were my friend. You can reach people that nobody else can reach. When you go to school or you're part of a club or you're part of a sports team, there are people there that you will meet that literally no other true Christian person even knows them. And you have an in with that person. There are people that you can reach. There are people that we work with that have no connection to God, that either have had negative experiences or they have a very twisted view, maybe, of what Christianity is, and we're the connection. And there are people that only we can reach. And we're not reaching them because I'm trying to be Sister Lear. I'm reaching them because they know me and because they know you. And the Holy Spirit will use you as you are. Say, I am somebody. Um, We can have the music come. I just want you to know tonight that you are not one among the masses. You're not just part of a big machine. That you have value upon value upon value. And God sees you right where you are. He died for you. He left his spirit here for us. It is actually the spirit of God that fills us. It's not the weird ghost in a building. It's not just bubbles. It's not just an experience. It's actually his spirit that will guide us and direct us every single day of our lives. And we can rely on that. We can rely on that. And God will use you as you are. I want you to know that you are enough. 
that you don't have to morph into something else. You don't have to try to become something else. You can just come as you are. And God is happy with you. And God wants to use you as you are because you are a treasure to him and you are valuable to him. God just wants you. Let's stand together tonight. I know for certain that it is God's will that if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that he wants that for you. And that can happen tonight. And that prophecy will continue to be fulfilled, even in our lives tonight. Maybe you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you haven't spoken in tongues in a long time because that can happen too. Tonight, he can refill you. And that's an amazing experience as well. Don't let it be a one-time. It's not a one-shot deal. This is an ongoing thing that we can have in our lives. And I also know that his will doesn't end there. It doesn't end with speaking in tongues. He wants to guide us. The word says he wants to guide us in all truth. So what is that? That's him guiding us in every single area of our lives. So maybe you need some direction tonight. Maybe you need some clarity tonight. Maybe you just need to know that you have value because you do, because he says you are valuable. I want to invite you up to the front tonight and let's let the Holy Spirit speak to us tonight. Jesus, we thank you so much, God, for your word. I thank you, Jesus, God, for the touch of your spirit, Lord. I thank you, God, for your presence in this place, God. I thank you, Jesus, that you place such a high value on each one of us. I thank you, Jesus, God, that there are souls, that our souls matter, God. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.